podcasting from the Sportique Studios, where some people say that Denver is only a Broncos town, but we know that fans here are just as passionate about the Lakers, Cubs, and Red Wings. This is the South Stands Denver Fancast. I'm Colin Daniels without producer Scott Stafford. But with the hardest hustling hockey hack in Denver, Mr. BSN Avalanche himself, AJ Hatefully, and your host, John Reedy. Hey, uh, what's this? What's the sound of four hands clapping? Not, not much. That's what it is. So. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show, everybody. It's South Sands Denver Fancast, and uh, we're we're creeping into the fall like weather. You can feel it in the air, and that. Oh, uh, this evening in particular, I don't think this evening. In I particular, don't think it's been quite this biting yet. It, it hasn't, but it's getting there. So you know what that means. It's hockey season. So we've uh, we've got a real a real live hockey writer with us tonight. AJ's with us, and uh, he is the um, he's the the BSN Avs. Um, you're you're the main man. You're the editor. You're an editor in general, but you're the main man at the BSN mm-hmm. Abs, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's up to me, really. It's, it's up to you. It's all it all that, comes on your shoulders. That buck stops with me. Yep. Awesome. That's good. Uh, well, it's great to have you. We're not just going to talk hockey. I know you're a hockey man, and you talk hockey all the time. Um, we we get you're you're well versed in many sports, so you can talk all of them. You can talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk CFL if if we even want to get into that, right? Yo, you know, my Rough C- Riders looking really good yeah, right now. Are they? Good. They've, they've really had a nice second half of the season they're looking scary i need to get some new ones these have been my wallet forever <laughs> that's not what he's talking about oh. but, um, <laughs> but we'll uh we'll, we'll get into all that and we and we got plenty of broncos to talk about and i we were talking about uh last week's show we recorded live at the rosedale while the broncos lost to the to the chargers and uh there was many things said and I think we need to we need to circle back on those and kind of uh, revisit maybe what uh, what how everyone's feeling about the the Broncos season going forward. I know AJ has a lot to say about that. So, uh, but I wanted to ask first, AJ, as a as a as a as a print media guy, well, digital print media guy, you know what I mean. Um, when you when you see hockey covered by the uh, the, 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 the big radio, the radio stations, the, the TV stations, they don't really cover it that much. Um, even, you know, the big, the big print guys, what bothers you most about their, um, maybe let's say, let me, how do I put this delicately? Um, the, what, what bothers you most about how little they know the about laziness, the laziness, the laziness about the, the sport reporting. they're covering? Yeah. It's, you know, we're there every day. There are two of us that are there every single day, yeah. uh, for BSN Denver and, the thing that bothers me the most is knowing that they're not. That the guys who go there and get the footage for the local stations, their camera guys, all those cats are the ones who are doing their asking their questions and they just ask the generic stuff. You know, they don't they don't ask any questions with any kind of insight. They don't know what they're talking about. It's just oh hey, let's 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 just talk hockey because we have to. And so they they kind of show up and they they just mail it in. You know, there's no research they, done. They there's gotta, no work. They got to fill five minutes on the broadcast. Ex- right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's we had a we had a guy there the last week before the the home opener, and this guy just kept asking three variations of the same question to the head coach, and it was just it was honestly it was just a, it was a waste of everybody's time. Okay, so let's 
AJ, let me ask you this. If, assuming we were in a different market, a, a bigger, more robust hockey market like Chicago or St. Louis, how much differently would the team be handled by the media and how would that kind of locker room atmosphere and lazy question thing be handled? It'd be, it'd be a lot different. Um, there was actually a moment last year where a guy who was on the abs for about 20 games named Chris Wagner he, he remarked to me when uh, the Canadians were in town, and he was kind of laughing, and he said, you can always tell when a Canadian team is here because the locker room is full of reporters, and everybody's talking to everybody. There's not anybody that gets out early, no, no you know, lack of questions. It's totally different atmosphere when you have a passionate media throng that follows the team that's there to do work versus what we have on a day-to-day basis. And who are the who are the instigators here in the Denver market? Who which outlets do you feel could be doing a much better job? All of them. All of them. <laughs> All of them. Um, you know, I I will give the Denver Post credit in that they essentially saw what we were doing during the preseason with having two people there every day and covering it, which meant we had multiple stories, we had a lot of different angles, and for the rest of the preseason they just did that. They had both Terry Fry and Mike Chambers there. To cover them, and then the season started, they went right back to one, and our coverage went right back to beating it into the ground. And and really, I mean, if they if they want to continue to do it like that, that's fine. We'll just continue to build our base. Well, and that's and that's obviously got to be flattering that they kind of went, oh, wait a minute, people are here covering this because they had to start thinking, oh, somebody might actually be wanting this information, so maybe we should we should kind of uh, provide it too, right? Well, over the summer, things changed quite a bit in our dynamic. Uh, because uh, we started breaking stories. Um, I spent all summer working, you know, working my ass off to try and beat them on something. And we broke a couple of stories over the summer that they weren't very happy with. Um, and instead of giving us credit and following up, they just never wrote the story. So, you know, the Avalanche invested in front office guys, analytics guys. We broke that story. Nobody else had it. We had the names of them. We have who they were. We have their roles. We have all kinds of stuff, right? And the Denver Post didn't make a word, not a, not a peep about but, it. But that might be a twofold thing in in response to not give you credit, and also just because they're like, oh, well, who cares about if they got some analytics guys? Because our our dumbass readers in the suburbs don't care about that, right? That's probably what they're thinking. Maybe, um, but I can tell you by looking at uh, the page hits and the national recognition that we got for breaking that story that hockey people cared absolutely so maybe maybe they were maybe their their response was you know people out in the suburbs who read the newspaper don't care about that well and this and i think hockey people do care in a nutshell um they're probably well fewer in number as devoted a group of fans toward a particular sport and and they tend to be defensive about it because they are the little guy on the block oh yeah in terms of the big four so um hockey fans do tend to be a little bit bitter and a little bit fired up. They they have the 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 please like my sport attitude. They they're right. the the original harbingers of said attitude. So they did they definitely are those guys. You know where they well hockey's better for these reasons and hockey this and you can't see a championship trophy awarded without hockey fans chiming in. I mean the Stanley Cup is so much better. Like, nobody else is allowed to have fun but hockey fans. So it's easily the most obnoxious part of hockey But fans. I think as a result, when you translate that to readers and the impact you can have on them for your sponsors, if you're an outlet like BSN, is that while you're not necessarily able to show them 
vastly impressive number. When you deliver your well-thought-out hockey message and break your stories and work your tail off, they may just buy the Keefe Cola because you said to buy the Keefe Cola. It's, it's yeah. Um, you know, we, we definitely have a really passionate following. Um, our fan base is, that follows our coverage loves what we do. Uh, you know, we're, we're very multifaceted. It's not, it's not just writing articles. Our podcast that we do twice a week is very, very popular. It is, like, wildly popular to the point where it surprises us most of the time. And... You know, it's just hockey fans want that. Avalanche fans especially, they they want that information. They're dying to have anything. They eat up any morsel of information about their team. They just pick it up. It's it's not unlike Broncos fans, just on a smaller scale, but maybe a louder scale. Like they're these people freak out about anything. And it's it's oh, great for us. Like <laughs> yes, you're very you're very familiar with, with the Gabe Landeskog thing last year. Yes, I am. So well, let me let me uh, add this into it. So there was a thing a while back where they said like uh, ESPN was like, oh, the Nuggets don't have a lot of fans, whatever. And so like the you know the, the they, uh, breaking news they don't. Well, no, but they <laughs> but they do, and people are people are into it. And like I said, it might not be a massive fan base, but it's a very dedicated one. And I and I would say that um, the the Avs fans and hockey fans in general are um, the. You know, I think they're they seem to be more uh, I don't want to say web literate, but they seem to know how to navigate to the web. Maybe maybe they're, maybe they're more computer users than than uh, than than most are. But there seems to be a lot of people that are, are into hockey and into the avalanche. And I think that when anyone kind of poo poos it and they won't cover it on the radio, it's really doing a disservice because there are a lot of people out there that want want information. But then when they do get the information, it's pretty bad information. So then when when people like you're talking about who who react negatively to a lot of things, mm-hmm. when they hear them talking on the fan about hockey and they have no idea what they're talking about, right. it it then takes on a thing of like, oh, these guys suck. They don't know what they're talking about. And, and this oh, this is this is exactly what I expected. Just bullshit coverage. So it's almost like a it's just a it's a never ending cycle where they do get a little bit of information, but it's bad coverage. So then mm-hmm. the savvy fan is upset by it. Yeah. Instead of instead of just waiting to talk to him, they decided, oh, well, we're going to do this mock draft, right? Because we did the same thing with the Nuggets, and we did the same thing with the Broncos, and, you know, except they're in no way versed on any of these guys. <laughs> and they don't know how to say any of these guys' names because these guys, you know, I mean, Jesse Puyuyarvi is a Finnish guy who's got a name where you look at it and you're like, I no, well, I don't know what that is. If, if you're doing an NBA, NBA draft, most of these guys have watched these dudes play in college. Exactly. Those guys, no one's seen them because they're playing in, in Canada or Europe right. or wherever. They're playing, they're playing in the Finnish, the Finnish yeah. Pro League, and, you know, DMAC doesn't know that that thing exists, you know. <laughs> Big Al may know that exists. He's not going to care. He's not going to know where to go find a game. And that's, like, that's fine. For it's me, all personally. slide whistles and fart noises with that show. Oh, yeah. Like, I am I am one hundred percent okay with them just not covering the sport whatsoever, as opposed to them doing what they did that day, where they were like they they took a mock draft, they printed it out, and they just read the players' names, and then they were like, oh yeah, what do you like about? And it was just it was a total farce. Like the whole thing, every <laughs> hockey fan who listened to it was offended by it. But 
I'm of sure. Of course they were. I'm sure. I'm sure that the Broncos fans that listen to it who don't want to hear hockey were like, "Oh yeah, right." They were right cutting on. it up at their desk, like, "No, nah, right this is on. this is the funniest thing I've ever heard." Well, to to them, it's like it's like they they might as well be covering the WNBA. They're like, "Come right. on, move on, get back to the Broncos talk." Right? Exactly, and that's you know that's that's why I'd much rather they just okay don't. okay fine. So what then what then what do you do? Because obviously, okay, obviously you want people to only come. In and, and read the the BS and Av stuff. You only want them to come there, true. but that's it, true. It's not it's not going to happen. They're going to go to other other places, and especially the the we'll call them the major media outlets, the radio stations, the TV channels. People, if if they're covering it, people will gravitate towards it because that's what they do. They're going to go, oh, they're they're doing some hockey on Channel Seven or whatever. It's not going to be good, and they're going to be disappointed. So then, what do they do? I know, uh, you know, Altitude Radio obviously has the, the you know, has Mosier and, and people that work, you know, mm-hmm. with the team and call the game. And games they have the coaches show now, and which was, was show. that was the fan with Wah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but that but they didn't exist at the time. Yeah, so it's but so you've got that now, which I think you've got credible hockey people working that. So is that the answer to where you actually now have some people that are are paying attention to it? Obviously, they they work for the person who owns the team. Team, so right. they kind of have to, but it's 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 a, almost like okay, we're now we're dedicated to this because this is part of our our group and our boss says we have to cover it. Good people are covering it though, so does that cut it for a lot of fans? Do you think? Definitely, I think I think Altitude Radio has helped uh, bridge that gap a lot because I know an awful lot of Avalanche fans, myself included. I mean, who who are happy that Altitude Radio has was born and has spent the time covering the team that they have because they. We're the, I mean, they're the only ones that are tackling it. The fan just, it's a joke. And, I mean, even even the Denver Post's coverage of the team is a joke. They hire, they have two guys on the beat, one who would rather be covering Colorado State football and one who would rather be covering DU hockey. And they're pigeonholing both of them into covering the Avalanche at the same time and letting them do the other beat kind of as they go. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought Adrian Dater was over there. No, AD's at, uh, he's at Bleacher Report now. Oh, um, a blog? So. The yes, yes, a blog. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and I think at one point, wasn't it last season that they weren't even sending people out to cover the games? Yeah, there were, at the end of the year, there was a Western Canada swing where the team went through Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver, and they did not. That's uh, like just Denver up Post, the road. Denver Post didn't cover it. That's they, literally They hired the- stringers, and that was when Nathan McKinnon suffered that injury, the yeah. knee injury that ended his season, and because there was no local media covering the team, Nobody asked about it post game, and I remember this because I I tweeted something, or I might have I I don't remember if it was me or you or somebody else had a tweet exchange with the Denver Post during that three game span, and they said we are there covering it, and somebody was like, no, that's not one of your people, right? Well, you they hired they, a stringer. You're not there. Yeah, you paid someone to be there, but it wasn't one of the normal people. So Calgary is literally. Due north from here, like isn't it? Like, <laughs> right. like, like six hours, yeah, right? Exactly. So I mean, I, how hard is it? I don't. I don't think it's that difficult. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to get into the second quarter. Um, we might be having technical difficulties. I don't know if you're hearing anything or not. Hopefully not. Um, if so, sorry. What, what do you expect? It's fucking free. You, you know what? So that you get what you pay for, <laughs> assholes. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into the uh, second quarter. We'll talk more about this. I find this fascinating. I want to learn more about this as we go. So. Take a quick break. Be right back. Don't want to be an American idiot. Don't want a nation under 
had a great time on Thursday night, not necessarily watching the Broncos, but eating the delicious smoked and fried wings. Had the best Brussels sprouts I believe we've ever had at the Rosedale Denver right there at Evans and Downing. Proud sponsor of the South Stands Denver Fancast. Absolutely great space, and they've just expanded it. They've just added new TVs. It's a great mix between a, uh, a, a comfortable neighborhood date bar and a sports bar, and they're specializing in CU games now, and uh, people are flocking, alumni are flocking, and the team is good. Worth seeing at the Rosedale Tavern at the corner of Evans and Downing. It's the questions, huh? It's the questions. questions. Yeah, what? it's the questions, questions huh? We questions. Mi- we miss you, Scott. <laughs> that's awful. That's that sucks. Did Philip Rivers celebrate a big home win against the Broncos last Thursday by filling his wife with a big load of lumpy Jesus jizz? Did Kerry Kubiak's family let him watch the game, or did they make him watch something more uplifting, like Al Qaeda beheading videos? Was it gratifying for Paxton Lynch to see Trevor Simeon play like Paxton Lynch? Does John Lynch have about as much business being in the ring of fame as Paxton Lynch? Should somebody convince Tony Romo to follow Robin Carlin on Instagram and send him some Santiago's green chili? Because we want him to come here. I want him to come here. We'll talk about that. Will the Broncos honor Peyton Manning on Monday night with a half-hour-long t- half all-star patriotic pregame ceremony, forcing Brock Osweiler to salute as number 18 shakes hands on field with Obama again? <laughs> Is the only reason that Bill Belichick doesn't like tablets because he hasn't figured out how to use one to cheat yet? Did most of the Denver Post's hockey scribes get reassigned to the weed page? You have questions. We have answers. SouthStandsDenver.com, Colorado's finest internet sports talk since 1971. Platinum has been God damn it! Brokerage. This is life and death. We're all varying stages. Small. I had already skipped the ad. God damn it! Oh no! Shit! That's even. God damn it! Fuck. Yeah. Be the realest shit I never wrote. I ain't write this shit by the way, nigga. Some real shit, right? Song? Is this the song? Uh, my, my president is black, my Lambo's blue. Awesome. I, you know, one of my go-to lines was... My president's black, my Lambo's No, he would say, how do you want your, you know, yeah, what do you want your coffee? I said, nothing. I want it black like my president. <laughs> and I and I, I won't be able to say that. Well, okay, half a creamer. Or uh, if, it's, um, if it's a latte, I could say, I want an orange like my president. <laughs> you know, so. Put some pumpkin spice Put in some there. pumpkin spice and you got, you've got yourself a, a Trump. Oh, that'd be a good nickname for Don- for the Donald Pumpkin Spice. Pumpkin Spice. Well, they call him Orange Hitler already, so <laughs> that's that works <laughs> yeah, that's too. That's a good one as well. You know um, that debate is going on as we speak, and uh, you know what I feel like I'm really not missing out on anything. I'm not missing anything, and I and I think um, and I don't know. I how mean, it, I will I will want to go to watch outtakes on the internet because I'm sure they're going to be spectacular. Well, I don't know if you know who Vic Berger is. Vic Berger's a, a video editor. He makes. I these, love a good Vic Berger. He makes these great videos. 
and he's he's been he's been doing all like even when they were announcing like to to run for president, he'd take their press conferences and the way he cuts them makes them like really bizarre and he like he like he like doubles up the images and like and does weird pauses to make it look really awkward. It's very good stuff, but uh, he's been covering it ever since, and that's that's what I like. I like to watch those recaps of it. Um, I like to watch the uh, bad lip reading too. Those are good. Those as are well. good too. Um, I, I brought coffee and I forgot to tell you, uh, Colin, um, AJ's got some, some weird, um, weird food oh, things. And we, oh, you and meant, we, yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about this real quick. Um, good Lord. We really have to. Yeah, real quick. I just, I just, I just want, I just want to get it out in the open. Um, he's, he's drinking a beer, so that seems normal, but he's never had coffee. That's not true anymore. Okay. I have had it now. Wait, what did you have? What did you have? I don't remember. Somebody yeah. got it. Somebody got it for me from Starbucks. Was it like and... sweet weird thing, or is it something like real coffee? Uh, no, it was it was not real coffee in any way. Yeah, hey. you want to break them in with a frappuccino, right? It was something. It was some something where if I went in to order it, I would feel like I'll I have was an a white ice girl. cream cone in a glass. That's essentially yes. what it is. Yeah, and like 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 my kids like drink that stuff like the frappuccino stuff you know oh like, really how old are your boys now 12 and 8 okay and they, you don't think they're a little young for the frappuccino well, they, there's stuff? no there's there's ones without caffeine put, oh. yeah there's there's like ones that don't have caffeine it's just basically ice cream yeah, my, <laughs> my, my 15 year old just started picking up the whole frappuccino thing oh, really? not that long ago and now that's the that's the thing that they do those people oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so. well let's 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 shift focus back to aj okay um yeah, well, so so I, cause I said, I told him, I said, I found out he didn't drink coffee. And I was like, I was like, well, I said, you know, I only drink black coffee, black, like my president. And, and so I was like, you know, that might be a little much for you because that's, I've been drinking, I've been drinking coffee since I've probably been like 14 or 15. And uh, so, I mean, that's basically how I, how I have it. It's like, it's like somebody who can't, um, who can't nut unless they're like choking themselves and watching like, you know, fetish porn. I know the type. (laughs) Yeah. It's like that. I can only, I can only drink coffee if it's like that. Now I like a nice latte and I suggested have a nice, like a regular old latte, just no, no, no sweeteners, Mm -hmm. no, no flavoring it, just a regular old espresso with milk and that's always a good one too um but uh you know i, I understand you got it you got to get your feet wet and and see yeah. how it goes here's the other weird thing he's never had salsa it's beyond fucking weird man <laughs> that really weird? that is, so that is weird. beyond fucking weird and i and i think how do you avoid salsa this whole time and i and i still don't think i've got a good answer that's like having not had ketchup Yes, it's it's, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, and 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 you say salsa you, sells and, better than ketchup. And you lived in Texas, right? Yeah, I, I lived mean, in I lived in Texas for about eleven years. I, I, do you just not like spicy stuff, or just your? Uh, I used to. Did you grow up in the whitest family ever? Yeah. Okay, that might explain. I, it. I mean, I grew up. I grew up. I mean, look at me. I'm. I'm. You know. You're I'm pretty pasty. white, I can man. See yeah. Through you. Yeah. I can see through right, you. Exactly. You know, I don't. I don't like the sun very much. We don't get along. So, uh, we, you know, we have a good understanding. He keeps me alive, and I avoid him. But I'm for, with the, you. for the most part, I mean, I just with the whole salsa thing, man. It's it's really, it it honestly blows my mind that other people think it's so weird because it's just you go to you go to a Mexican restaurant. They drop on the table. They say, "Here's your chips and salsa." You just don't eat it. Exactly. Wow. That is. It is that simple. I, I mean, just don't you, eat it. Have you had it like on like a taco? Like somebody no. put some on taco? Uh. Uh-uh. I get everything without it. Wow. And is it so. just? And now, how do you know that you wouldn't like it? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. It's not like it's not like pickles. It's like, it's like they serve uh, chips and haggis. Like I wouldn't have a hard time just not trying it. You'd have to try it. Not chips and haggis. I, I mean, it. for me, I'm just I'm I'm very much a stay in my own lane kind of dude. I don't like sure. to I don't like to try things. I like what I like, and I just roll that way. 
So when it comes with chips and salsa, when it comes to salsa in general, I just don't. What about butt stuff? <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll save that for for later. That'll be the fourth quarter. Yeah, we'll, uh, the fourth, uh, South yeah. Sands Denver <laughs> fan cast up up all night after dark. I yeah. think it was called at one point when we were uh, getting into that. Um, I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot with the, with the salsa thing. I just oh, thought it was. I, thought, the I mean, we stuff. talk. I talk about stuff. it on Twitter pretty regularly now because people are like, "Have you tried it yet?" No, I'm never going to. Well, I don't so John, have any let me, let me ask you that's, a that's more. That's kind of like me with um, Forrest Gump. Like I've never seen Forrest Gump, and I never will because at this point, people go, "Whoa, you never seen Forrest Gump or Top Gun or uh, anything like that." I'm like, "No," and I never will. Would you believe I saw Forrest Gump for the first time within the last like two months? No, I would not. Believe I did. It. Wow. I watched it on Netflix because it was there. But, see, well, but what see, did you think of it? I couldn't believe I hadn't seen it before. Yeah. But see, now I'm digging in. I'm digging in. I'm like, I will never see it. I know. Well, and see, for me, like, there's a guy on Twitter who's like, oh, well, now now you don't want to do it because you're the guy who's never tried salsa. Sure, sure. And I'm like, I was the guy who had never tried salsa before. <laughs> Nobody just knew about it. It doesn't it doesn't change anything for me. Yeah, you It's didn't, just like, as easy today to not eat it. As it was before, I and anybody knew about it. You didn't put it in your bio or anything, right? Right. By the I mean, way, it I wasn't tried salsa. Yeah, it was anything like that. It was just you know when you're when you're on Twitter enough, people like to talk about their food opinions, and we got into it during the summer. And for me, it was I just had never tried salsa. Salsa's really good. <laughs> I just think you should know that <laughs> it, it is good. And you know, I forgot I was really gonna, good. I was going to make him some some salsa from from some peppers from in my scratch, garden. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had made some probably like a week and a half ago, and I wasn't going to bring you old salsa, so I didn't have time. But I still, if I can get some tomatoes, I still got some peppers. I'll this make gives, it for and this you. He's not going to eat it, but he's RK gonna, will be really yeah, happy he's, about he's it. He's going to spread it out to to his his roommate. I've been stuff. meaning to tell you that the the peppers I got from you most recently. All went into a batch of refried beans, so they I used every last one of them. Ooh, but those and are hot. Uh, they, it was a big crock pot oh, full. Okay. So and you cook them down and ah, let the pepper gotcha. kind of permeate. Sure, not sure. too hot, but yummy. So delicious. what about green chili? You've had green chili before? Yeah, no, like, green chili is like delicious. The sauce, yeah, like yeah. The, you know the green chili sauce. Yeah. Okay. Good. See, it j- equally as good. Now, I'd say green chili is probably better than salsa. Less ubiquitous. I mean, yeah. it's d- more difficult to plop a bowl of green chili down on your table with a side of chips because sure. it will get gelatinous. We'll it needs to stay hot. With the side of chips, though, I'd rather just straight queso, like just a, you know, something that's just cheesy. You I'd, strike I'm, me I'm as a queso that. man. So yeah, queso a lot of man. times queso has salsa in it. So in a way, I guess you if we're gonna if, salsa, yeah, I guess if we're gonna go a lot that of times direction, it starts with a salsa base and then you melt a block of Velveeta. True, down there's into probably it. technically, but ne- pure salsa. He, he has not directly ingested. He pure said salsa. salsa with cheese. It's like a hamburger versus a cheeseburger. <laughs> kind of. You've yeah, had a so. burger, but well, not I a just, cheeseburger. I just wanted to get that away because it, it was it was hanging there. It was the it was you know it was low it was hanging a, fruit. It was well, it was low hanging fruit. But it was like the elephant in the room. I had to discuss it just to get it out of the way, and then you know now we can move on. So. So, what about the Broncos? What's uh, the deal? Well, What's you, the deal? How do you feel now? Well, hold on. I mean, do you want to talk about the Broncos? Because it will 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 probably be up against a, a break here again pretty soon. So you want to save that? Should we kick they, that can down the kick, road? We'll kick that can down the road. Maybe We've been known to do that yeah, from maybe, time to maybe, time. Maybe open up with it. Um, yeah, I, I I wanted to maybe build off some of the stuff we were talking about before real quick. Um, and just like about kind of how like, shitty the media is. Well, here. yeah, that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of what I was getting at. But you know what I wonder about that. I wonder if every dude on the Avalanche has a thing for 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 uh, for uh, Lauren Gardner. Because how um, would they not? Of course, I 
I mean, she's in the locker room interviewing all these dudes. I'm just like, oh, my God. They must just, like, as soon as she leaves the room, they must all bite their hand, their palm of their hand like Lenny and Squiggy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, t- t- dudes in their early 20s, mid-20s, uh, full of testosterone, just got done, you know, cranking and cranking on the ice and, and <laughs> cranking, cranking it back They're going to be cranking it as soon as she leaves the room. Well, I don't know. I I. I, I'm sure, yeah, I'm I will sure say there's this, a tra- though, attraction there. And I hate to take this tangent suddenly. I did watch the game, the third game, the terrible game. I watched the terrible game against Washington where they were fucking terrible. And uh, afterwards, I could I was struck by how way too goddamn much makeup those people at Altitude have. Oh, yeah, they wear a lot. They wear way too much. When you're watching HD... And the first thing that crosses your mind when you look at someone's face is, good God, they have a lot of makeup on. You're not doing the makeup right. I don't think it's being done right. I think they need no. to ease off a little bit. You don't see that really on like You ESPN have giant or... HD cameras in your face, and you've got a fucking quarter inch of goddamn makeup on. Well, let's let's talk about... Let, hold on. Let's get into a little bit about the actual thing that our guests can talk about. Um with the actual play now, AJ, AJ's just over here going out. Jesus quiet Christ! For five minutes. I have nothing to do with this. Everybody, it, it, three games, real quick, and then we can we can we can talk about this more later before we get into uh, the second half. Three games uh, saw a lot of different stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, saw some saw some good things. Saw some of the the same old shit, of course. Yeah. Um, but but definitely a little seemed a little more. Uh, enthusiastic let's say did did you see things that you thought okay this is something this is something different from last year things that they uh they have improved on already yeah i mean it's it i would be it would be remiss if i didn't talk about gabe landeskog with you here (laughs) that's right because he had a hell of a game the other night he's been unbelievable the the game against dallas and his game against pittsburgh was just i mean that is that is the Gabe Landeskog that you want to see. That's that's the one more often than not because that's a special hockey player. Like that's a guy that pushes Taylor Hall in terms of being an elite winger in the NHL because his ability to affect the play on both ends of the ice is just unreal. When he's dialed in like that, very 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 few wingers have the ability to play the way that he does and and be as good as he has been. What so about far. Kip Winger? <laughs> well, Kip Winger's from Colorado, isn't he from Pueblo? Um, th- and th- and that's obviously what they want. That's what they that's the oh, package yeah. they wanted to see. Definitely. And you've gotten a little of that over the years. You kind of not gotten that. So I I do hope it continues. And and, For and, sure. and please, and you know, we had this discussion. I I I don't want him to be awful. I want him to be I want him to be the best yeah, because of course. that means that's that means the guy that you want him yes, to be because yeah. that means the Avalanche are going to be winning Absolutely. a lot of games. Absolutely. And and you know watching that overtime goal and just the hand-eye coordination it takes to pick that thing out of the air like yeah. that just to get you I mean he barely got a blade on it mm-hmm. but that is very tough because that thing's hauling ass and he's got to basically put his stick where he thinks he's going to he's, he's going right. to touch it. It's it's pretty special. So I think that's great. I think the main thing and we we're kind of So do you feel like a jackass for saying they should trade him a year ago? Uh, not a year ago. No, not I t- when I said I tell it. you what, I don't know. I, I doubt either one of you guys have ever listened to our podcast because as Brandon Spano says, it's a nerd cast. <laughs> he did but say that, yes. over the summer, uh, the, the team was very close to getting rid of him. They were. They were very close wow. to dealing him as part of like a mega three-team three team thing. Um, I had it all across the league that they were working on something where they almost dealt him. 
That well, yeah, that did come up, didn't it? And I, it would have been it would have been something that would have made them better. Yeah, but it, I, I did, been it did come up because I remember you going, "Yeah, I told no, you, fuckers. no, I did not." You were you were saying, "Oh, you're going to really gloat about this," and I said, "No, I just you know, I'm, I'm just, just going to hang back in the cut, yo. I'm gonna I'm gonna be my normal, uh, you know, uh, non braggadocious self about this, <laughs> um, rubbing orange stuff all over your skin." <laughs> No, and, and and you know, I maybe that would have been great. Maybe that maybe that would have worked out for him. But uh, it would have, in, in my opinion, it would have made them better. And do do you know what they were going to trade him for? Yeah, that was uh, they had talked about trading him to Anaheim for the guy that that that's sitting out right now, Hampus Lindholm. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they were going to turn around. Um, it was going to be a whole three team thing uh, with Winnipeg and Anaheim, and it was going to involve Jacob Truba and Tyson Berry and Hampus Lindholm oh, and, and Landis Gog. Yeah, wow. All these unsigned RFAs. You yeah. know, they were just going to load up on them and. And the Avs were gonna put all their money on the defense, basically. Crazy. Well, yeah, it would have been it would have been seismic. Like it would have changed the the landscape of the Western Conference. That's crazy. Well, you know, sometimes it's the deals you don't make, right? And I've got Landy on my fantasy That's team. Right. So well, I'm he, happy. He might if he went somewhere else, he might have been just as good if he played with different people. Uh, just kind of piggybacking off, kind of what we were talking about. Um, you know, with. The, the the they were they're shooting more. They've got tons more shots, which yeah. is the big thing. Not against Washington, no, they no, did. No, well, that's I mean, eighteen that's, shots. But again, that's a that's a big boy team. That's, that's an well, that's an aberration. Yeah. So that's that's a the, we call that a schedule loss because that's a, a tired team coming in on the second night of a back to back on the road playing against a team that did not play the night before, and it's tired versus rested. And the Avalanche only have five of those games this year, four now. So that's and tired against a good team, a, right? A very and then good team. and then you're talking about the team that was number one in the NHL last year. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> I mean, but so so yeah. So it's it was it was kind of like you kind of expected. I it. wrote that game off 100. percent If if it turns around and it happens again tomorrow against Tampa Bay after a day of rest or whatever, then we're gonna have a different conversation. But as of right now, do you no think their thoughts. head coach writes that game off 100? percent No, he's no no way, no way. What he's, about Wah? Uh. Well, right now, probably, wherever he's sitting, probably. wherever he's sitting, like hanging out. Yeah, you're no, right. No, had he been the coach. No. Uh, listen, here's, here's, here's how Colin wrote it off, because he he played in daily against me, and he had Grubauer and Ovechkin. Oh, jeez. And he, he played he played all the cats. So he just cleaned up. Yeah, so. but um, It worked out well. You played. Uh, I played TJ Oshie. You played so TJ Oshie, too. Um, anyway, you, you so. did well as well. Enough about, enough about our, well, we were playing head-to-head. It was exciting, yeah, though. Yeah, you beat me I mean, this, and, and I, I don't want to for our listeners but f- 0.56 differential between or that was that was NFL it was it was but a we, good matchup he, we had a very 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 tight matchup where i mean he he would have won had his goaltender not taken two two yeah. goals right at the end of the game I had Jake Allen playing that night. And he oh, against Vancouver, yeah. that would have—I mean, that's smart money. I was—I was coasting in, and yeah. it all fell apart. Anyway, so what I wanted to say is, so um, this the statistical, the statistical analysis guys that they bring in, um, you know, and they, everyone says, well, it's it, oh, take more shots and you do better, and it's kind of like, well, duh, but it's it's almost like thing like some guys they kind of need that beat into their head. I don't think Wah was much for the. You could say take more shots and you'll do better, and I think you understand. But the statistical aspect of it, they weren't really into that, and I think that was probably a little bit of a, a, a divide with them. And now they hired stats guys; they seem to be going towards that because everyone is. It's kind of what you have to do, mm-hmm. right? So, w- explain a little bit about like how that's going to improve, and then I, I kind of want to talk about like how 
people don't really understand. So you get your guys, you get your guys like D Mac on the radio, and you try to talk any type of stats, hockey stats, with them, and it's immediately poo pooed, and it's like, oh no, that's that's a bunch uh, of like bullshit. Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Mike, Mike Evans, Evans came after day. us on Twitter yeah. that day. Yeah, Mike Evans is a perfect example. Can't can't understand it, and then it will boil it down to like, oh, you take a lot of shots and you win the game. Oh, that's real smart. It's not exactly that. It's a little more it's a pretty good impression. It's yeah, it's it's a little more it's a little more involved with that, but. Um, it, it seems like with, with getting people more in the, you know, the statistical revolution part of it to understand the game, it seems like that's going in the right direction. The biggest, the biggest thing that people need to understand about the whole analytics movement is that, yes, you take, you take more shots, you score more goals. No shit, Sherlock, right? Like, I mean, come on. Sure. This isn't revolutionary. What the analytics guys are doing is figuring out how to generate more shots. How do you generate more? How do you, how do you build a system that that tailors to your style, tailors to your roster that that can actually generate the the volume of shots necessary to make you competitive on a night to night basis. And find the people who can fill that right. system, and right? Find, the right and, people. And then you find the guys who are undervalued because that's all about that's that's all it is. It's extremely easy to figure out who's really good and who's really bad. It's daily fantasy hockey for NHL teams. It's real it's real hockey. Right. Real fantasy hockey. And and it's just it's the the thing is is the numbers are one thing. Analytics is all about breaking down the numbers and how you how you use the statistics in order to give yourself an advantage to to find the the inefficiencies in the market to find the guys who are undervalued. And the Avalanche haven't really done any of that. The guys that they went out and they got over the summer, not really great examples of that. Um, they were good value guys, but they weren't they weren't guys that were like lying in the weeds. You know, they're not like great numbers guys where you're like, oh, outside of Patrick Weirkosh, none of those guys really had great underlying numbers. They're just solid hockey players that they went out and they got and they got better, in my opinion. With the analytics stuff, it's they brought these guys in. One of the guys that they brought in had been doing um he'd been specializing in power play and penalty kill stuff. And it's all X's and O's if you go through all the volumes of his work. It's it's nerd hockey at its max. Like it's even for me, it's tough to sit down and break through all that sometimes. Peak and nerd hockey. Absolutely, it's it gets to the point where you're just like, oh my god, okay, 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 I get it. But it's it's how to maximize the efficiency in all situations, and really, I mean, just generating more shots is what the Avalanche need to be doing. That's that's their goal. They generate more shots and they allow fewer. And so far this season, obviously outside of the Washington debacle. They've succeeded in doing that. But it, but if it's if it's going to make your team better and you can you can apply it and it will it will hopefully give you results. Why not do it? It's almost Absolutely. it's almost like it's almost like why leave your lights on when you leave tonight, Colin? If you could just turn them off and you just save over the course of the year, you could save you know twenty bucks. It just makes sense. Why not do something to make your team better? And it didn't seem like they were doing that before. They weren't for sure. They weren't maximizing everything they could use to make the team as good as possible. They had dabbled in it a little bit. One of the guys that they brought on had been a consultant for them for a long time, but they hadn't actually like invested full time. You know, now you go there, you go to practice every day, and you see there's a guy in the corner with his laptop every single day, and they're tracking everything. They're tracking all the things that they should be doing. They have player tracking. They have these little uh, waistbands that they're wearing, and I was informed that it's like a essentially it's like a heart rate monitor, and they're they're figuring out who's working hard who's during worried, practice yeah, yeah. and who's dogging it a little bit. 
because they can measure all their O2 levels and all these different all these different things that are happening, right? They do that in basketball too, I think. And yeah, yeah and when he was an, the guy that the guy that tipped us off about what they actually were doing, he was an old wrestling coach. He said they used to do that uh, at the college he coached at. And it's it's interesting stuff. It's interesting, interesting how they're they're delving into it full bore. Have you had a chance to or has anyone else in Denver media had a chance to speak to this analytics expert? He won't talk. I've had a couple conversations with him on the record. You're not going to get a conversation with him. Uh, the Avalanche are pretty. You don't exist about him, and he's happy with that. Interesting. So, wow. I tried to get him um, just a comment from him. Um, I, I even tried to ask him if he could dunk. And <laughs> well, they just they probably don't want anybody to know what he's up to in case he's so. got unless he's got a secret formula to win the Stanley Cup. You know what I'm saying? So um, let's get into the second half. Now I, I I have plenty more hockey stuff to talk to you about, and we'll we'll get to that. We'll <laughs> jump around. Uh, we do got to get to some Broncos. We always promise. We always promise ten percent sports. We probably delivered that. Maybe a little more. And uh, we we can we can get into little Broncos too because everyone loves their Broncos, right? Everyone's got to everyone's got to get their Broncos fixed. This uh, and their Cubs and their Cubs, yeah. And the hot Cubs. This is gonna be, this is gonna be your place for hot Cubs talk from here on out, guys. That's that's what we're all gonna talk about. We love the Cubs here. Gonna talk about that next after we get into the second half right now. You know I just looked around and he's gone Anybody here Seen my old friend John Can you tell me where he's gone Yeah, sure. Sportique is where scooters come from, and it may be autumn, but that doesn't mean it's not a great time to stop by Sportique at 160 South Broadway to test ride the Gen Z fully electric plug-in electric scooter, top speed 30 miles an hour, never stop at a gas pump again unless it's snowing and you're cold and you don't want to ride your scooter, but as long as it's nice and it's been nice and it's going to be nice, you should ride a Gen Z. Go by there. Try one out. Try a 50cc machine. A lot of pro athletes are using these folks because it's easy to park downtown, park at a bike rack. No license plate needed. It's the best way to get in the game with Sportique, where scooters come from. Sports, ten percent sports around oh, a, around ten percent sports. I think we've we've filled our quota. Forty five percent of my day and ten and ten percent of my podcast. Listen, we're all into sports, 
and and we 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 deal in sports. Um, that's how AJ makes a living. He writes about sports. He covers sports. Um, it's sports are great. I love it. I just think that people get way too, they get way too wrapped up into it. Now I, I was, uh, I think I was listening to the audible, uh, uh, the, the other day, maybe there was a waiver wire show and Sigmund Bloom was talking about the, you know, the, the Buddhist tenant of, you know, uh, Sigmund's really, <laughs> he is a ra- well-rounded he's, man. He's a, he's a deep dude. Um, you know, uh, desire creates suffering, right? So, and he was kind of equated to sports and it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you want to see your team win and it ultimately causes suffering. I've found, and I don't know if you've gotten this way, AJ, since you've, since you've, you know, been covering, you know, uh, the abs full time. It's you've you distance yourself from it because I've had some real bad Sundays when the Broncos have lost and just been like just ruined the rest of my day and it just sucked, you know. And maybe as I like had drank a few beers and had a buzz and that didn't help. And it just really ruined it. And I said, I don't want to feel this way. I love the highs that come with the winning. I love it. And I'll and I'll I'll be right there with with the with the highs. But I step out when the lows come. And it's, I just it, remove myself. You're kind of where you are with sports where I'm at with blowjobs. Like I <laughs> if I think about it too much, if I get you know too obsessed with my desire for a blowjob, it's gonna cause disappointment because and suffering. You, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And um if I just don't think about the blowjobs as much, or maybe put them on a different level. Well, you got to put it on a different level. And like and it's so it's like, you know, the Broncos had that horrible loss the other night and I just was like, you know, I was wallowing in the misery of it at the time, but after that I was like, whoop, gone. I'm like, don't well, care. Well, and I, and, I, and I walked right out of that bar saying they're going to be 6 and 2 by Halloween. So who the fuck cares? Well, we'll they, talk they about They will be. Well, let's talk about that in a sec here. But how do you feel about that? Are you a sports atheist now or do you still care? Oh geez, I tell you, I tell you what, the pendulum swings are pretty dramatic for me because when it comes to the Avalanche, I'm less of a fan as ever. Sure, uh, but like when it comes to the Broncos, I kind of pour some of that fandom elsewhere. So, um, like when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, like it meant a little bit more to me sure. than it probably would have had I not been covering the Avalanche and had I not deadened the the that fandom a little that bit. That nerve, yeah. You kind of have to you kind of have to put that distance between yourself in order to cover the team. You know, in an in an appropriate manner, because you can't be running up to him going, "Gabe, Gabe, you had such an awesome game the other right. day. Will you sign my hat?" Right, like you, you know, it's 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 hard for me to 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 reconcile the fandom, you know, my lifelong fandom, with the fact that I now have to cover the team objectively. Um, and in that sense, you feel like something's been taken from you. Yeah, for sure. But uh, at the end of the day, I get to get up and I get to say, I get to go to work today, and I go to the hockey rink, and I don't go to a some some nine to five job in an office where I would want to swallow don't sh- a shotgun. Don't shame me. Don't shame me. So like that's but that's I mean that's you know at the same time like I've been given something at the same time. So it's absolutely it's it's that push and pull. But the fandom does spill over into the other things. Like I care about the Rockies a little bit more. I want the Nuggets to do a little bit better, just a little bit more than I would have, because that fandom from the Avalanche has to go somewhere. And some of it has gone to the Islanders, and then some of it has gone to other sports. And and now, and and we've talked about this a lot over the years. And as more people have come into the you know the sports writing and the the you know covering sports game, they have come from the fan uh, the fan perspective. Everybody's yeah. kind of they, they're not the usual. They're not like you know Mark Mark Kisla, uh, you know who's come from 
whatever college and just showed up in town and said, okay, you're writing about the Broncos now. And he doesn't give a shit. So all those guys are always far removed. Now, I don't know, like, uh, like Terry Fry is like from Oregon or something like that. I don't know where he's not from here originally. He doesn't care about the team. He is an objective person has to write about it and say, okay, well, here you go. But now we've got all these, these young guys coming in and they're all growing up with the teams. They all follow it. Um, you know, like, like Adam Kinney, you know, was just a, was just a Bronco fan and just slowly got into to it and all of a sudden he's covering the team so it's there's a whole generation of people that have had to come in and put their fandom aside whereas Mm -hmm. these old school guys didn't have to do that you know what i mean yeah for sure but at the same time it also makes us partially why we're as good as we are at at it because we're invested in not only the team but we have an appreciation for the history you know where the fans have been there's an understanding there it's not like it's not like I'm moving to Kansas City and then covering the Royals all of a sudden, you know, where I I I don't care. Like I don't have any I don't have any attachment to that whatsoever. Um, you know, so it is you do have to deaden the fandom a little bit, kind of numb yourself to it. But that's what happens with a lot of these guys at the newspapers is they go from one market to another to another. For sure. And you know, like in the case of Benjamin Hockman, he moved home. He's reporting on St. Louis sports. That's where he's from. He loves St. Louis. Yeah. But he might have just as well wound up in Chicago and had to become a Cubs writer. And in- well, which would be which would be kind of how most of these guys operate. He's a lifelong Cardinals fan, and if he went to the to the Chicago, he'd have to cover the Cubs objectively and and not let his his biases leak into it. So in in a sense, he kind of did what a lot of people do. Like now they're covering their their childhood team, which generally doesn't happen with a lot and, of people. And he gets to act the fan. If you read what he's doing, it's beca- and you look at what he's doing, he gets to be and, a fan. And, and that's the that's kind of the new school um, uh, journalism. I think they're. People, smart people anyway, are realizing that they're kind of saying they're taking they're taking like the Bill Simmons model, and Bill Simmons is kind of the you know the the, the paragon of like oh I'm a, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan first, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about uh, you know the Patriots like they didn't do anything wrong, and and uh, unashamedly unashamedly talk about the Patriots, and um, I think that's kind of what the what the direction it's going. They kind of want that, and they're somebody like St. Louis is is ha- probably happy to have him because here you got somebody who's has a personal interest in the team so i think you're right if if you've if you've grown up a fan and now you're covering them you do have almost like um you know kind of something invested in it for sure and i mean it's you know could like especially covering the avalanche having seen the glory years and then having my covering the team in any kind of like writer capacity even as just a fan before i made any money on this i mean it goes all the way it goes back to 2009 when i moved back here from texas and one of the big reasons I moved back was the Avalanche. I wanted to be closer to the team. I wanted to be able to go to games. I missed having that connection. And I moved back just in time for the awful rebuilding years. <laughs> and so it's, you know, I have an appreciation for where they are today. And that's one of the reasons why my excitement is so difficult to contain is because I know what it was like when they were awful. And I know, and as that fan side of me, it's hard for me to contain that where I'm like, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to they're they gonna gonna be, be competitive. Good? They are, are going to be good. They're going to make the playoffs this year. They, I have, wow. I have staked. I've spent all summer saying that this is a playoff team, and I think, I think there are going to be a lot of surprises about who falls off, who's actually going to be good. Jared Bednar is the real deal. He understands how to coach at this level. He understands how to get the best out of his players, and he understands how to utilize the staff around him in a way Patrick Wad never would. The quote. 
that Duchesne had, you and I talked about this, uh, was uh, he said, it's great, uh, you know, you, if you if you miss a pass, you don't have somebody staring you down when you when you come yeah, back to the, the bench. quote that he gave us. Yes, it was a quote, yes. yeah, and, and it, great quote. And I was like, I was like, oh, 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 I think I get it. So that is a probably, uh, does that lift the weight off those guys shoulders to the, where they're like, okay, now I can kind of, I can kind of do my thing and I don't have this guy, you know, glowering at me. Definitely. Um, the way that, the way that Bednar has approached his players has won them over, especially the guys that were here last year or a newcomer coming from a similar, a similar situation like we where there was just a, a coaching staff that just was disconnected, um, with the players. It's it's way 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 different the way that Bettner runs everything in that room. It, way 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 different or way better. I'm getting the sense that uh, yes. I, I'm getting the sense that you were not a fan of Wah as a head coach. I you know um, I like to tell the story because it's it's a perfect parallel for me. Um, you know Ryan Konigsberg, who you know is a huge part of BSN Denver. Uh, he was covering the Buffs for a long time, and John Embry. He liked John Embry. John Embry's a great guy. His players loved him, not unlike Patrick Waugh. But the first day that Mike McIntyre got there, that he was covering the team, and he watched how everything was run, all of a sudden the light bulb went on where it was like, that's what that's supposed to look like. This is how you're supposed to do it. I had, I've been covering the, team, the Avalanche from Joe Sacco to Patrick Waugh, and Jared Bednar was my light bulb. It was my getting, getting to training camp and watching the way that they interact, how they teach, the way that they layer the information, the way that they process it, the way that they talk to the players – the way that he uses his assistant coaches to, to to teach and to install systems and to adapt to the things that are going on, it's actual NHL coaching. It's the it's the first time that some of these guys have received that level of coaching. Matt Duchesne's been around since he was there for the beginning of Joe Sacco, and he, his whole career was Sacco and Wah, and this is the first time he's gotten NHL-level coaching. And I think you told me that um, I can't remember the player, but you said that you asked him about a defensive assignment, and he kind of laughed, and they just said, "Just go." And I think did you tell me this, Mikhail Bodker? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's, who's a fast dude, yeah, and very skilled. And they just and he just said, "Just, just go and skate." And that was yeah. like, I was like, "How do you, how do you like just leave that guy and don't get really give him any, any, you know." There's no coaching there, right? Um, uh, it was it was kind of eye opening for me, and it was really the first indication that I think to me that something was really really wrong um, was when Bodker showed up, and I asked him what's the difference so far between playing under a, a very structured coach that he had in Arizona and Dave Tippett versus what he was his first two weeks with Wa, and he just said. There's almost no structure. I have total freedom. As soon as we get the puck in the defensive end, I, I release. And he just gets out of the zone and he goes. And he skates as fast as he can and hopes that somebody gets him the puck. That's not NHL-level coaching. That's, that's like my Sunday fruit boot league e- Exactly. That's, like what you do like, there. that's the kind of thing that works when you're coaching in the queue and you have more talented players than the other ones. And you don't have that. You don't see that in the NHL because – the best of the NHL, you know, there's the middle class in the NHL is enormous, and the difference is just very, very small, and that's going to be ninety percent of your roster, and so that's where that's where coaching, that's where usage, that's where matchups, that's where all the stuff from the guys who run the team come into into play. And Patrick Waugh, as we're learning right now, we're seeing more and more of it every day that Patrick Waugh was hilariously inept. 
Wow, he's hilariously like, inept, like Walt Weiss, basically. He's kind of like Walt Weiss in the sense that he was he was coaching uh, younger people and didn't quite grasp the nuance of the, of the 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 more pro game. Is that, I, is that apt? I would I would say Walt Weiss did a lot of things that I liked, uh, but when it came down to it, I think it was just time. I think that was a, that was just time to go. Uh, I think Patrick Waugh was actively holding back the Avalanche, a more talented team. I think so too, and I think, and it obviously it's easier to you know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think when you look at it now, you kind of go, I think that everyone was holding on, going on his name and saying, "Hey, this is what they this is decided. This is what they want." Um, sure, it's gonna it'll, it'll he'll get it figured out eventually, but I think when you look at it, you kind of go, "Yeah, it just didn't seem like it was working." Now, my next question, and we'll take a break, get into the fourth. Um, <laughs> you don't have a song. Oh, absolutely. no, no, it's fine. We can do that. Yeah, we'll do that. I, I, I just, uh, the time is off because we had so many issues earlier that I'm not exactly sure where we're at with it. Um, with that said, if, if, he, if Wah had not quit and he had showed up to coach this year, would he have been canned after this season? Yep. He just would have said, this isn't working, dude. You're, you're out of here. Yep. And it might've been more of a thing where he would have stepped quote, stepped down and just, you know, yeah. I uh, mean, I have it on, I have it on pretty pretty credible information that if the avalanche missed the playoffs this year joe sackick is done oh joe's done too so wow this is this is an enormous year for the team now i i, I will say this i know joe sackick semi-personally not you know he's not my friend but i can talk hockey with joe i think we're in good hands don't with joe don't tell him his job's I, in jeopardy i feel we're in good hands no i don't it's not it's not a his job's in jeopardy it's uh joe's gonna go what, what's the go. what's the what's the buzz among intense uh, hockey fans and media around Joe Sackick right now? Um, I I tend to dismiss most people's opinions. What's yours? Like, what's yours? Mine. The way that I feel about it is that uh, he's he's okay doing the job that he's doing, uh, but he they brought in Chris McFarland from Columbus, and he it wasn't necessarily a promotion for him. I think he's kind of been the understudy, and his influence gets bigger every year. The analytics guys that they hired report directly to him. Um, the draft class this past year was very Chris McFarland influenced. Um, his, I mean, he's his voice gets louder and louder in that room, and I think at some point we're just going to see Joe step aside and say, "I'm just going to be the." You the know, face whatever, of a franchise. Like, I'm gonna and be there's like nothing the, wrong with that because he's right. a great face for a great franchise. Right. I think he'll end up just on the VP of hockey like operations. A, like a less involved John Elway. And and the general manager title will eventually just slide to McFarland, and both guys will continue to work together, but McFarland will have like final say in it, but Joe will kind of be the face, yeah. That's interesting. I, I just want I just want him to have the the smartest people to do the job to 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 get it done to get them back on track. And I and I think if you're They're if you're there. if you're working if you're working there, that's what you'd want too. And if it was a matter of him saying, "Well, let's let this guy you know do 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 his thing," I think that's hopefully that'd be the best course of action instead of like you know ramming your head against a wall <laughs> and not and not doing what you need to make the team the best it can be. Speaking of uh, doing your thing, yeah, and, uh, making the podcast the best it can be. Um, I wanted to slide in the uh, world famous headlines to yard lines. Yeah, been a couple good. of weeks since we did this, and AJ, the idea is that uh, you know you're so busy with your fantasy teams this time of year, you don't necessarily have time to keep up on world news, world events, and so we combine headlines from both in one product we call headlines to yard lines. 
child victims of airstrikes and shellings in eastern Aleppo were laid to rest in a ceremony Sunday. And the Dolphins buried the Steelers as Ben Roethlisberger suffered a meniscus injury. Venezuelan authorities are investigating a gruesome accusation that two men were murdered and mutilated by a confessed cannibal, then fed to fellow prisoners in a riot at a detention center there. And Philip Rivers should eat the Atlanta Falcon secondary alive in week seven. The Vienna home where Adolf Hitler was born was is to be torn down and replaced with a new building that has no association with the Nazi dictator. Austria's government announced Monday as it moved to eliminate the property's pole as a place of pilgrimage for Nazi sympathizers. Also, Mark Davis informed the NFL that the city of Oakland had its chance and that his focus is now on building a new home for the Raiders in Las Vegas. According to American officials, the Islamic State will use crude chemical weapons in trying to repel an Iraqi-led offensive on the city of Mosul. And while their technical ability is highly limited, they will likely fare better than Andrew Locke behind his crude and highly limited offensive line. 34-year-old Lacey Williams of Bay City, Michigan, faces animal cruelty charges after neighbors witnessed her throwing five kittens, one by one, from her front porch onto the highway. Also, New Orleans tossed Cam Newton and the Panthers their fifth loss. New York City prosecutors indicted two men on Wednesday in connection with an explosion last month in a home where marijuana was being grown. The blast killed a high-ranking fire officer who was struck by debris at the scene. And Odell Beckham Jr. blew up at home last week, posting 222 yards and two touchdowns in a giant win over Baltimore. That's headlines to yard lines. Oh boy, um, do you have a, do you have a song to take us out into the? Uh, into uh, the not quite. Fourth yet. So you just you know say some more <laughs> bullshit <laughs> that's, that's, for a moment. That's, that's what I do. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's always uh, there's always a few there's always a few good zingers in there that um, get me, get me. Well, chuckling. you can see the value, AJ. Right? I mean, it's important to be able to say, uh, you know, that you're. That you're uh, aware of world events. World events, and you know what's it's good to be well read. It is very, very good to be well read, and and uh, be up on the latest, um, you know, latest in uh, football and fantasy news, which is uh, which is very important to do. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, it's it's one of those things that um, you know, if if you if you it, sports is a is a is something that. It's a nice escape from the bullshit. We we're talking about the the stupid uh, debate tonight, which I'm not interested in, other than seeing people make fun of it. Um, that's why I like sports because I can I can I can go into that, and that starts and stops, and there's a there's a there's a winner and a loser, and you move on to the next night. The rest of that shit that just keeps going on and on and on. At least it will until the beginning of next month. So there, how about that? Is that some good bullshit for you? Nicely done. Yeah, excellent. Let's get to the fourth. Maybe we can finally talk some Broncos. Right up. Though I saw them all, I can't recall which cartoon was real. I lusted in my heart 
from Boston Set sail the new frontier And we watched the dream Dead end in Dallas They buried in a sunset year Delicious coffee, iced coffee, records, comic books, pins, patches, and awesome new Denver t-shirts all in stock at Mutiny Information Cafe. It is the most interesting shop experience along the South Broadway corridor. You can trust me on that. Pay a visit right there at Ellsworth and Broadway to Mutiny Information Cafe. Buy some stuff and be sure and let them know that the South Stands Denver Fancast recommended you stop by. This is usually a lot smoother. Classic Billy Joel track. That's really what he's known for, right? This is a terrible song, but it fit (laughs) the theme. He's more known for like Piano Man and you know scenes from Italian Restaurant. I don't know. Maybe we started the Trump fire. That may be on us. I don't know. Could be. And we started the podcast fire, Colin. Yes, we did. Sure it's did. not much question about that, at least in Denver. That's true. I'm, I'm glad, but I'm glad. And, uh, you know. Uh, I'm not. No, yeah. I just wish they would all fuck off. <laughs> Except well, AJ here. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure his is fantastic. Well. It's a nerd cast. It's, yeah. I, I've, I've stayed away from it because of Spano. So you can blame Spano. I do. Yeah, the guy's um, such a fucking asshole. I blame I blame Spano for everything. Yeah, I do sure, too. Sure, why not? I yeah. mean, he's easy target. He's it's, my boss. This is the guy that I should be blaming for that's everything. Right. I, I was on Facebook on Sunday. He was cooking up. Um, he put up some photos there. He was cooking up a big batch. Oh yeah. Of uh, of hatch green chili and it looked, looked fucking delicious. Nice. You know, I I did uh, one of my fall rituals is I'll go get uh, two bushels of peppers. And I will peel them while watching the Broncos. You know, you got to peel the skins off. Just and all don't that. touch your penis. Well, here's the thing. So usually <laughs> I, I get I get mild because, you know, I, we, everyone in my house has to eat it. And so they're like, oh, we well, always get them. They're too hot. So I've been getting mild. And I peel two bushels of mild chilies, bare, barehanded, nothing. It's no big deal, you know. And um, so this year we, were, we said, you know, the last ones were way too mild. So I said, let me get half medium, half mild. Mix them together. Um, peeled them all. We ate the green chili and, um, it was way too hot for everyone except for me. Okay. So then, and so then, but then that whole night, my left hand was just burning so bad. I like, I like actually took milk and like set it in a bowl. Cause it was, my hand was burning so bad. And I thought, well, if my hand's burning, that means the chilies were probably way hot. Cause usually it doesn't affect me, you know? So, um, do you hear about the guy who ate the ghost pepper and, uh, burned a hole in his esophagus? Oh, that's not surprising. This just happened. Well, it surprised me because I thought the whole 
spicy pepper thing was just in your brain. Like it was your brain telling you no, something's a- wrong. But no, it burns tissue. Yes, it burns tissue. Um, this guy was in an eating contest and he was eating a uh, he was eating peppers and one of them got lodged in his throat and they couldn't move it and it burned a two and a quarter inch hole in his esophagus and he had to have a rubber pipe implanted in oh, his esophagus man you remember what homer simpson did before he ate the insanity peppers right he poured the wax down his throat and then was able to gobble the peppers so that's what that's you need a to good do. move uh i found these ghost pepper chips at uh, a 7-eleven out in aurora and i was like ah ghost pepper tortilla chips i'll get these nah, no big deal i eat hot stuff aj and i I, I started eating them and I'm driving I'm driving away in my truck and I'm eating a couple She's of the like, chips. Oh crap. I ate like half the bag and I just was like <laughs> I was like suffering. And so then and so then I I, I I said, Okay, don't eat half the bag. Okay. So then I got another bag and then um and then I would I would keep them in my pantry and I would go and I would take one and I would eat one and then I would chew it up, walk around, and then maybe come back and get another one. But every time, like lately, I was eating them. I, every time I eat it, I would inhale, and I would immediately start coughing. This is how hot they are. And I would start hacking because it would, like, get in my throat. And that's it's no joke. Now, I like hot food, too, although less and less as I get older. I, I Like, my my need to show off how hot, I, I that, that's, that's long past. But I wonder how you explain. Like, my son is like... I don't understand. It obviously it hurts you. It hurts your mouth. I see your eyes bloodshot. I see you sweating. I don't get it. Why? Why is that appealing? What is the appeal? Explain it to my son for me because I can't. It is okay. First of all, it, it these types of foods are. This are, applies to salsa, by the way. In many does. cases, I, I made habanero salsa and it was very hot, and uh, it was you know, something you had to be real careful with. So, um, so like I just I, like I ate Thai food the other day. So you know, I I my office on Aurora, so lots of Thai places out there, and um, I was asked for it hot, you know, and sometimes they give it to you hot, like freaking hot, and other times they give what Indian I, places will do the same thing, like yeah. like to mess with you. They, and I've had Indian places. The hottest food I ever had was hottest food I ever ate was Indian food and i asked for it hot and they gave it to me hot <laughs> sometimes they give it to you what i like to call honky hot honky hot they'll sure. see they'll and go i appreciate they'll that. go oh it's a white guy okay i'm gonna give it to him hot but i'm gonna give it to him honky hot because he's not gonna be able to handle it which i don't appreciate I, if they're gonna give me hot give it to me hot and um so like you know like i had thai food one time i went with my one of my kids and i and it was so hot and i was just like i was like struggling through it but i was like you know, I spent all this money on this. I'm not going to let this go to waste. So every last pea pod is going down oh, yeah. my so, gullet. But just to just to just to tell you, it's it's um there's there's a flavor associated with Thai food, especially it's very flavorful, very delicious. The heat is actually just like a part of the experience, and you know if you can suffer through it, it's almost like um. I just want to say maybe it's like, you know, like a like a like a, a religious martyr suffering, suffering for for what what he believes in. And that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm, I'm suffering. I'm dying, but I'm going to get through it and it's going to be tasty. And then for the next like four hours, every time I belch, I'm going to get a delicious revisit of what I just say. Maybe it's kind of like getting fisted in your butt. I <laughs> uh, see. And I was just going to ask if we were on our way back to the butt stuff. Well, <laughs> I I didn't want to go there, but if that's getting fisted in your butt, oh, kind of hurts, but it's part of the 
whole experience. That, hey, if that's how you want to equate it, I can see that. I think maybe that's the thing. You're you're suffering, but you're 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 you're. Uh, it's like it's like holy suffering. You're, it's the other type. Yeah, yeah. Spe- speaking of getting fisted in your butthole, you talking about the Broncos? Um, well, I'm, the Broncos and the Nuggets. I'm disappointed with both organizations for roughly the same reason right now. The Denver Broncos are putting fucking John Lynch in the Ring of Fame, which is yeah. stupid. That is fucking ridiculous. He played a tiny portion of his career here. It's pretty and dumb. The, the Nuggets are doing the same thing with Dikembe Mutombo. They're retiring his number at their season opener at Pepsi Center in a big ceremony. Mutombo was here for five of ah, 18. We'll don't the punch the table. Five of, picture right, me hold punching hold the table. Wait. Five I'm, of 18 pound, seasons. Pound. John Lynch, I'm on board with. That, that's, that's, what? That's, no, 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 no. With you. With oh, you. Okay. I agree oh, okay. with you. That's, that's crap. It's, that, Ed McCaffrey's not up there. Yeah, Ed McCaffrey uh, Jake played the majority of his career here. Um, but the Matumbo thing, his his finest moment, his defining moment is with the Nuggets. And, and the organizations. And they drafted him. And him and him laying on the ground with the ball and the, yeah. being the Sonic. That's the iconic Denver Nugget that, moment. Exactly. So that's why I think it's okay. And once he left here and whatever, you know, he, he left here, they had some, I think they, they weren't going to sign if, him. If they, they had six pelts hanging from that ceiling, they would not need to retire his number. Well, but I think I think that it, retiring numbers is really is really kind of stupid. You you There's certain people who uh, you know, like your your Sackics, people like that who have Elway, Elway, who who put their time in the most of their career, or if not all of their career, uh, they're the guys you want to retire. The transcendent numbers. guys, the transcendent guys. Matumbo isn't not exactly a transcendent tra- guy, but they, but they need the only ha- guy in that Nugget organization ever that is a transcendent guy who deserves to be the face of that franchise historically is Doug Mo. Nobody else. And you could you could say Alex English or, or somebody like that, but so many people don't even remember that and weren't around, so they have no they have no concept of him. Um, well, but, and then Mello ended so poorly. Well, well, and Mello's the next one because everyone keeps talking about retiring his number, which is absolutely absurd. Don't I think do that it. is oh god, that is that's the most ridiculous thing ever. If they do that, I will I will never attend a game ever again. Oh, it's so will, pathetic! It's pathetic. It's so fucking but, sad. But I can see Matumbo because I can too. because he is he is really the only. Player player that they could actually go right now and say hey this guy you know he's got this this then don't do it until you have that guy but he's not that guy when his uh, best yeah. years were in houston they may never have i understand that guy. he had this best moment here but his best years were in houston he, no one remembers him on any of teams now he went to atlanta oh, everyone remembers him as a rocket no, that's the problem he went to atlanta from here he ended his career in houston no one remembers that People no remember that. him as a rocket. He didn't nationally. Win, he didn't win anything. Uh, he didn't win anything. The only thing he, he didn't win anything that here. Would be, that would be a really good conversation because I have no idea what people think of Dikembe as. I, I, think, I, I think, honestly, I think of him as a Houston I, rocket. I mean, I think of him as a Nugget, and yeah. knowing that he played 19 different places in his career, he never really had. It wasn't like you know Ewing and with the Knicks. Or Alonzo Mourning with with the Heat, I or, guess, or, or nobody ever with the no, Nuggets. But that's what I'm saying. Well, he, he had no, he had no. I mean, maybe he had uh, career success. Maybe he had, uh, maybe he had numbers after that that were great. But no one remembers that. Anyone remembers he? Re, they remember him with the ball on the floor, laying there, overjoyed because they just beat the Sonics. Right. They that, remember him as a Nugget. That's that's what people remember him as. He's he's an iconic Nugget and. I I had no idea he played with the Rockets. I thought he went to Atlanta, and I thought he was done after that. I have no idea where he went. I eighteen know him, years in the league. I know him as a, as a Denver Nugget, and from that moment, and I think that is something that, and they need something to hang their hat on, right? They need something to no. kind of get people. Yes, no, yeah, see, that's do. my objection to it: is don't hang your hat. Wait, 
until you have something on which to hang your fucking they, ass. Well, they, they're in so much trouble <laughs> attendance-wise right now that they have to make it up. They have to do what the Avalanche did a few years ago when they created the Alumni Association. Sure. And they started bringing back Air all quotes. the former players. Guys like Alexei Gusarov, who... You know, were well liked in their short time in Denver, but they were most remembered for being part of a championship team. They had to goose the attendance somehow. They had to yeah. bullshit it in some way. And that's all this is with Dikembe. It's trying to get people excited for a Nuggets season. And I I mean I'm fine with it just because it's a, it's a one off. Like they'll ne- they won't be able to do this again. Because they they people go, Oh man, I love I love Dikembe. I'm gonna pay attention to this. And the Maybe skyline jerseys yeah. and everything that's everything oh, they're those doing. Those look fantastic. I think they're, by the way. they're amazing. They're beautiful. They look really good. Yeah, they should that should be their friggin' uniform. Matumbo was fifty five, correct? So that's my hockey number. So right. I, I right. think uh, I. Oh, you like double nickels? I, I do. I like that's my number. So, uh, so I, how did the, how did he rise above that conflict gold thing? I'm asking the wrong people. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There was a conflict gold scandal yeah, like three yeah. four years ago, and he just it just went away. I, I don't know, man. He hired. He must have hired some of Trump's people. <laughs> yeah, he could have. Um, but I don't know. Nuggets got to do whatever they can to get people in the door. Let's talk a little Broncos, and then we we'll get AJ out of here. We won't keep him all night. Um, he's he's he's. Um, he's got he's got an early call time, I guess. Now he doesn't. He said he didn't have anything going on. But I, I don't you know I don't want to I don't want to keep anybody here that you know too too long. Um, well, they can only they can only lose against Houston because winning is assumed at this point. Here's nobody is giving Houston a chance in hell. Here's the deal. So when we were recording our show the last Thursday when the mm-hmm. Broncos were getting smoked by the Chargers, yeah. Colin said this is fine. This is no problem because in two weeks they're going to be six, six and, and two. two. And I was like. I don't think they're going to even beat the Texans at this point. And we had uh, Jake Marcin was sitting there, and he said uh, he was like, "No, no, this is weird. It's a weird week with Kubiak being out. They'll be up. They'll be up for the Texans." I said, "Why aren't they up for the lowly Chargers? The Texans are a it's better team a than Chargers. Week, it's uh, been a weird week. Been a weird week." He, he kept saying, "I'm like, hey, I get that, but if they can't get up for the Chargers, then how are they going to get up for the Texans?" Now, granted, it's a it's a Monday night at home, right? It's at, it's in Denver, mm-hmm. right? And it, people are going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I totally see the defense performing better. I just don't see the offense doing anything. So it could be like a 6-3 to three game. I really don't see them beating the Texans. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, they're going to fucking okay. destroy them. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to come out and they're going to be pissed off and they're going to play with that little extra edge. Everybody's all up on Minnesota's nuts right now, and I think that's the one thing that gets this, this group of Broncos going is when they feel like they have that chip. And when they had that 4-0 start, the one thing that you noticed was everybody started to come around. Oh, is this team even better than last year's team? Maybe this is going to be a special year. Maybe the Broncos can repeat after an entire offseason of, no, they're going to be significantly worse. And then they went out and, you know, they they just went nuts out. And I think that... I think that well, that's... and let's look at the two losses. Initially, they lost to Atlanta. They allowed 23 points to a team that's averaging 38. Right. Like, that's a... I, Atlanta's, a re, I think, a sneaky, really good team. They are not. They, there's nothing sneaky about them anymore. Yeah. Uh, two <laughs> yeah, weeks later, they're a favorite. They're a top five team in the NFL. And then and then you have... Uh, you've got... You've got no chance, no chance against against the Chargers at all. I mean, with with Gary Kubiak sidelined and the whole bit, I didn't give him a chance from the word go, and it was I was completely right. But despite that, 
we recorded a podcast during a potential game-winning drive with seconds taking away. Right. Sure. And some of that some of that is just Chargers futility, not knowing how to handle success. And some of that is <laughs> the Broncos understanding how to stay in games. Now, I think the, the obviously the, the Broncos offense has some issues. The defense is pro- <laughs> the defense has probably played so much in the last two weeks that they were probably a little tired. I get that. I think they, they will be up for it. Um, but the offense is not playing well. Do you, do you think that the, the Broncos offense is better than the, uh, the Texans offense? Yes. You do? Absolutely. The Broncos offense is better than the Texans. Yes. I think because of Brock Osweiler, who will be forced into mistakes, I think the Broncos are more well-coached, um, and I think they will make far fewer mistakes. Um, if, if there's one thing Osweiler has shown this season, it's that he can be looped into mistakes. He's got kind of an Andrew Luck quality about him in that he does tend to come on in the fourth quarter, and that's been Denver's role so far in their four wins this season. They're that fourth-quarter team. So both teams being a fourth-quarter team, I think it'll be a fourth-quarter game. And I think the Broncos will win handily. Okay, I hope that's the case. Um, I think I, they're going to punch him in the mouth. I, I I hope so. But you know, again, I said, why didn't they? Why didn't they punch the Chargers in the mouth? Now, now, granted, if you look at if you look at the stats in that game, Rivers did not have a very good game, and he, he like had a threw, great start. He had a great start. Like the first drive was awesome, right. but he, he only ended up with like 180 yards, I think, thrown. And it was after he had like 140 yards in the first yeah, two yeah, drives, and, it, and yeah, then after that, it just disappeared. The, the well dried up. So. If the Broncos offense, and this is just going forward, if they can get their shit together, then they can get back on track. The first four games, that's how it looked. They looked like defense was fantastic. The offense is going to muster just enough to get it to get them by. If they can't do that, then they're then they're they're in a little bit of trouble, I think. Oh, I didn't imagine if they lost to Houston. I mean, at that's, that point, yeah. at that point, they're four and three, and everybody's freaking out. And then they've got San Diego coming up at home. So I think it's a big and important game for them, and, and I think they will rise to the occasion. And then a week, uh, the following Sunday, San Diego right here at home. All right. Well, two, two out of three games with the Chargers. Not worried about either one of those. those I'm, not, I'm not worried about that Chargers Six game. and two by Halloween. Okay. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, Nobody's bitching at six and two. Oh no! I'll, Not I'll, even if uh, Oakland's still there. And thank you, by the way, Kansas City, for setting aside your shittiness for one week and taking care of business. Bless against you, the Kansas Chargers. City. And Kansas City blew them out. I mean, that was not even an interesting game. In the Raiders way. aren't very good. Well, and the fun part now is that everybody's going to get back on the Kansas City train. It's going to be like, oh well, Oakland anybody was hot, but Denver. and then it was like Kansas yeah. City, and then the national media's take on the AFC West is anybody but Denver. And, and well, that, I mean, that, after and five stick, straight years, they'll stick with it until until the the end of time. What's the and we'll get out of here pretty quick. What's the what's the the major difference between Broncos fans and Abs fans, or just say hockey fans? Like what like attitude wise, how they how they express their their joy or grief about their team. Uh, Broncos fans have no sense of reality whatsoever. <laughs> They're completely out of touch with planet Earth. Um, and that's that's fine. You know, the Broncos have been unbelievably successful. You know, we've had five. We've watched them win five straight division titles, you know, four of which you, know, you had Peyton Manning. I mean, those are the golden eras. When you talk about the, the glory years and remembering all the good days, like those were the good days. Tony maybe, Romo will be here soon for another another four years. Come maybe on, maybe this is another uh, you know this is a continuation of that era. We'll you know we'll you know history will tell. But Broncos fans, the way that they are, it's just they're they're they have no sense of reality. They are completely they've been completely spoiled by unbelievable sustained success. 
And even even the couple of downturns, you know, the, the, the number of years where they went eight and eight, you know, the you know, winning a division title of that, you know, with Tim Tebow. Like you don't get more blessed as a as a fan base <laughs> sure. when you know, you have to put up with Tim Tebow, but oh, you have you have one of the most memorable playoff wins in recent NFL history to go to you know, to boot. Sure. And then you turn around and you get blown out the next week and you don't give a shit. You're just like, whatever. It was a gravy train just to be there. So it's you know even even their failures as a franchise are successes in compared to some and there's I, I just would, I, no I, I would make that uh, AFC championship loss to the Steelers um, an exception to that rule in in modern history but otherwise I think you're right you mean the Jake Plummer one yeah Jake the oh, yeah, in 05. Yeah, yeah. well so and and so then hockey fans Avs fans uh, obviously it's been a while since there's been a sustained uh, right. bit of winning so are they are they more pessimistic are they more realistic um, do they they're angrier they're angrier sure um, they have their <laughs> factions though right so you yeah. have people who are like yeah. I love Gabe Landeskog and you have people who are like I think he's a bum so you have that as sure. well too um, it, it, it seems like they're they they don't have they don't have the winning to kind of all kind of join together with that the Bronco fans do Bronco right. fans can say no matter what like you and I can disagree on Trevor Simeon we're still going to be like high five on that on that uh, you know that win right so yeah of course and uh, so it seems like the hockey fans are just kind of like we don't have anything to really celebrate so we've got to we've got to really dig deep and, and dig at each other kind of almost and we have to we have to split down the middle because the people who are oh my god I love everything Avalanche and you know <laughs> You have those people. I know her. Yeah, I know and, her too. Oh, okay. So you guys, okay, you guys are aware of Heather. So <laughs> you have, Heather. you like have, her. you have those people, um, and they they just have no like, no no realistic grounding. They're they're just there because they they love the team, and and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that kind of fandom. It's fine. It's just that there's no analysis there. There's nothing deeper. There's no there's no real understanding of what they're actually watching. It's just. I really love this guy, or I really love this team. I really—it's just—it's all heart and support. No I wish what. they would all bang me in the locker room, every single that one might, of them. That might be a part of it, but I don't know. And it's um, right, like it's some of it, and uh, it's just for me. I don't understand it. I I don't get the the thrill, and maybe that's just because I'm around the guys regularly. Sure. But like being in Eric Johnson's presence doesn't make me. You know, oh my God! Like, not, I don't, I, hey, I don't listen, get into it. He's a handsome man. I've never met him. He looks like he's a handsome man, but um, it doesn't do anything for me either. Like, like if I bumped into him getting coffee, I'd be like, "Oh, hey, what's up, dude? Thanks. I really, you know, I enjoy what you do." But other than that, it uh, it really doesn't it doesn't it doesn't move my needle. If you, if right. you know what I'm well, I mean, well, the people not- the people who who like gain their self worth by the approval or the acknowledgement that they exist from the Avalanche players, like those are the. That's that's where I'm just like I have no idea who you are or how you ended up this way in life. I don't get it. But that crosses that that's not just in that. That's in all sports too. Oh yeah, that's that's out. like all a over. that's like a celebrity thing, yeah. not just a hockey thing. But you know, hockey fans, it's just when Avalanche fans, they're just angrier about everything. They're more divisive about things because we haven't we haven't had a chance to come together over a successful team. In a really long time. That's fascinating. I think that I think that's a, a really uh, it's a really cool way to look at it because of that. There's not been that one unifying thing. You yeah, know, and that, so you have you have your anti Matt Duchesne people, and you have your anti Eric Johnson, and you have your pro Tyson Berry, and and they're all loud, obnoxious minorities. These people <laughs> where they're like, 
Wait, at a Tyson, hockey game? Tyson Berry is terrible. He's the worst defenseman well, in the actually, NHL. Actually, actually, AJ, let uh, me show you a couple things about Tyson Berry and his his possession numbers. Oh, let me and, talk about his points per sixty because <laughs> that's all I heard for two summers. Yeah, that 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 goes on and on. So that, that's the thing. That and that's why you know what a little a little winning will cure everything with those yeah, guys. Yeah, and so. I mean I love the passion. I love the raw intensity. The building was rocking on opening night. You know, and there was no reason for it to be. You know that they Patrick Watt bailed. You know, there's nobody came to training camp. Nobody was nobody was around for the preseason. There was nothing, and then opening night rolled around, and people were there. That's this a this is a sign. town that is absolutely desperate for a second winner. Oh my god, they absolutely. need it so badly. We talk about it all the time. If the Rockies were, uh, oh if, my god, if the Rockies were, you know, playing uh, baseball in October, I mean, this place would go crazy. And yeah, and the same thing with the Abs because you know you had a lot of people who, when they were really good and they were they were playoff contenders all the time. That place was packed, and you had people. Those people will filter back if they're like, "Oh, they're in." The, I mean, it, when's the last time they were in the playoffs? Isn't I mean, it the place was a little jammed. gross, though. I mean, no, it's a little bit gross to me. I mean, I remember in that '96, etc. Those years, you could not get into Pepsi Center if you I, were. A, a I, I know, fan. but the whole thing is, is that no one's no one's keeping a scoreboard of like, "Hey, I was I was there in the lean years." No, no one's keeping track of that. So if if douchebag A and B who haven't been there since 2000, if they um, if they show up suddenly um they're just as welcome their money is just as good as my money is and it's just kind of like well that's what you got to deal with if they're winning well, you know hockey fans are going to disagree with you and i know they be, are I they're going to be because there are people who are oh i've been a season taking holder since and you know whenever and you're just like shut the fuck up no, like, but honestly I, I agree with that but do you not understand you need those people who haven't been there from 2000 yeah. to get in the door you you complain about how Oh, there are there are more Rangers fans than Avalanche fans in the Pepsi. Season. You know why that is? Because the team fucking sucks. <laughs> and when yes. the team sucks, the fans are going to stay away. And then when they actually show up, when they when they actually show up and they get there, you need those guys from Denver. Those I'm just waiting for the team to be good again, guys. Yeah. You need those guys in order to have that majority in your building, in order to have yeah, that need, sound and that the, energy. You need the dude bros to go, hey man, you want to go check out the ass? Yeah, bro. Exactly. Totally. Let's get Jake. Let somebody call Jake. You need like, the, you need the you fifty need year old guy. Goals. You need you the fifty need year old them. guy with the bomber leather bomber jacket and the loafers to go. Yes, I will spend five hundred dollars uh, for uh, some seats to go see the uh, the ice hockey game. You need those people to to pack the place to get them cheering with you. Right, because those those diehards like we've proven we're not enough. No, we're not. There's just not enough of us in Denver. It's not enough. It's not enough for the Nuggets. It's not enough for the Avalanche. It's enough for the Rockies because. Any any number is enough for the Rockies apparently, but it's it's just just goes to show you like this is a town that is just aching for that second team to be successful and to to pour that money into it and right now it's just kind of a race. The Rockies showed enough this year that everybody's excited for them next year, so the Avalanche need to do it now. They need to do it now, and the Nuggets need to prove that there's something happening worth giving a shit about in that in that building. And that's why I think when people say, "Oh, the Montforts don't care about winning," or "Kroenke doesn't," he doesn't, he doesn't care about winning. That's the dumbest thing. It's the dumbest thing, ever. The dumbest thing ever because because they know they love money. They they love money, and if if they know if they got a good team and they packed that place and they were in two three playoff series or even even beyond that, they would make even more money. And that's the thing they would make they would make so much more with a winning team than they would with a losing team. So yeah. it's just it baffles me how someone can say that maybe the Monforts are dumb 
and maybe Kroenke's not going oh, about uh, there's it the right. no maybe. Yeah, there's no yeah. maybe. But they all want to win, and they all want to pack that place. And you're right. I think if uh, if another team steps up, then they're going to be welcomed with open arms. There's a reason that the the city of Denver has attendance records in three separate sports. Like, that's not an accident. Yeah. So when you talk about, oh, Denver's a bad sports town, it's oversaturated, there's too many teams, all of that, I mean, all of that I think is true to an extent, but it's not an accident that the Avalanche have the longest sellout streak. It's not an accident that the Rockies had highest attendance ever in a, in a, in a regular season. It's not, a, it's not an accident that the Broncos have sold out for 40 straight years. Absolutely. Like, you want to talk about you know, the only one of those teams that has legitimately struggled and has been around is the Nuggets. They're the only one, and that's going to continue until they have some su- sustained success and actually get out of the first round and prove that they're they're more than just there. Sustained success—that's what I always say. Once they once they do that, they will they will bring the fans back. I guess we're done, huh? <laughs> that's cool. No, I want to get it. I, hey, let's let's keep it fresh. Uh, AJ, this has been fantastic. Gonna bring it down a little bit. I can't hear myself talk. Let's bring it down a little bit. <laughs> I just can't hear myself talk yet. Uh, I, AJ, it's been great. Please come back soon. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's always a, always fun. I, I enjoy listening to the to the fan cast. So you guys asked me. It was easy say easy to say yes. That's great. Uh, how about we uh, maybe revisit uh, midway through the ab season and get your get yeah, your impressions? Absolutely. Then can, they'll be can, they'll be in the in the thick of the playoff race, top of their division. It'll be great. That's awesome. Well, you can find him at BSN Denver. He's all over the place, and uh, generally the the abs coverage. And uh, tell him tell him your Twitter handle. You have to spell it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at, at AJ Hayfley. It's just A J H A E F E L E. It's a good follow. BSN uh, BSN Avs is uh, is another good one too. Is that what the Twitter handle is? BSN right? Avalanche. BSN yeah. Avalanche is uh, is another good one too. And uh, lots of info, and they're very good. They they'll give you everything you need to know, and uh, they'll they'll tell it to you straight. They won't sugarcoat it like some of these other douchebags. So, it's good stuff. Thank you, AJ. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fun. Well, uh, we'll get back to you next time, and uh, maybe the Broncos will, will be on that uh, that five and two that five and two train, right? Six and two. Well, no, Six but and two ne- by Halloween. By next time we by talk, next time, yes. maybe we'll, there'll be five and two points. So let's see how it goes. I hope it I hope it goes well. So uh, until next time, this has been the South Stands Denver Fan Cast. Adios. We love you, Tony Robbins.